Is it possible to disagree and still be friends? The answer is yes, and we are here to prove it. Join our group of badass sirens as we step out of our comfort zone and onto our soapboxes to sound off on our latest adventure. We might not always agree, but we will always love each other. Welcome to Siren Soapbox. Welcome to Siren Soapbox, fellow explorers. Thank you for tuning in today. Our mission is to inspire you out of your comfort zone and into exploration. If you are enjoying our shows, please help us out by liking and subscribing. If you have an idea for a challenge to get the sirens out of our comfort zones, visit www.sirensoapbox.com and in the contact us section, submit your idea. We will give you a shout out on the show or you could possibly be a guest on the show. You can also explore past episodes through the blog pages under Stay Curious, and then you can discover how you can participate too. And now on to today's episode. Are you tired of the rat race? Dizzy from being a cog in the wheel? Sick of working for the weekend? All right, okay, okay, I'm out of work-related metaphors. But seriously, have you been at your current job and caught yourself daydreaming about what another career would be like? It's never too late to change your course. And that is what the sirens are diving into today. Each of us has reached out to someone who holds a position that we want to explore. Our soapboxes will be about those conversations and the outcomes. Who knows, it could be the first steps to a new career path. If at any time the conversation gets too intense, this stay for it is. Mango. First up on her soapbox is Murph. Thank you, Elsie. So let me start by saying that I've done a whole lot of research about the profession I'm, I chose, but I was not able to snag an interview or a job shadow with a real life voice actor. I started by reaching out to Jenny Slate's agent, asking if I could do a job shadow with her while she did her voice as a work actress. Those several messages went unanswered. I wonder if I'm on a list somewhere as being a stalker now. Um, in a last ditch effort, I tweeted Jenny Slate this morning. <laughs> she didn't respond to that either. Um, I also reached out to Amy Poehler and Nick Offerman. Um, they ignored me. I reached out to a local news station here in Cincinnati and was told that it's against their policy to allow someone to shadow and I reached out to two different radio hosts here in Cincinnati. And those, both of those requests were also ignored. So that's what happened to me. Being a television reporter or a radio show host or a voice actor, just it's, I've always had this weird calling to be in the limelight somehow. And I think Siren Soapbox has kind of fulfilled that in some ways for me, um, you, you know, I wish I would have explored careers like that early in my career days and now I'm midlife and it feels really scary to think about changing careers, which is why I was excited about this challenge. But my excitement shifted to angst as a deadline drew closer and then defeat and resignation as I failed to meet the challenge. And it was really, um, a diff this was a very difficult challenge for me because of that. But I did speak to a guy who lives here in Cincinnati and he does voiceover work very, very part-time. And he provided me with some advice 
about seeking a voiceover coach, about the importance of having a high quality reel, about landing my first commercial gigs. I've joined some voiceover communities on Facebook. I've read voice acting for dummies. I've invested money in sound equipment. And I just recently booked a coaching session actually with a high profile coach in LA. We meet November 18th. So that's kind of exciting. Um, So while I may not have achieved my goal of speaking to Jenny Slate in person about what it's like to be a cartoon character, I really have put a lot of work into figuring out that voice acting is, in fact, a career I'm willing to leap into the unknown for. And with the ultimate goal of becoming the voice of a cartoon character. And now off to you, Sarah. All right. Well, thank you, Murph. So when brainstorming for ideas for this episode, Bill told me about an upcoming heavy equipment operator class at Rumkey. Rumkey is our local trash collecting company. With the possibility of getting to drive some monster machinery, I didn't hesitate to try to get into the class. I may not have mentioned this before on the podcast, but while in college and medical school, I was a firefighter EMT and I drove ambulances and fire trucks. I always enjoyed being behind the wheel of a fire truck with lights and sirens going, racing very carefully down the highway. I was thrilled when they told me that I could join the class. Before getting behind the wheel of any piece of heavy machinery, all Rumkey employees and guests are required to successfully complete the Rumkey Basic Heavy Equipment Operator Safety Course. It's a three-hour class taught at the landfill by a general named Greg. The class covers everything from how to mount and dismount the equipment how to, to how to make sure you don't take down power lines while driving. During the class, we were shown many different kinds of heavy equipment defined as heavy-duty vehicles specially designed for executing construction or earthwork operations. I was very excited to learn that we were going to get to drive a compactor. This is a massive beast that they used to crush the trash on the landfill. I couldn't wait to crush something huge like a boat or a car. After passing the test at the end of the class, we all headed out to the landfill. We had to have on work boots, safety goggles, so we didn't get trash juice in our eyes. Yes, trash juice and safety vests. Rick was the operator I was shadowing. He spent some time training me on how to actually operate the compactor and then set me free to crush at will. Unfortunately, no one had thrown anyway anything really huge to crush, but it was still a blast driving that monster and crushing trash. I also got to train on, train on and drive an articulating dump truck, which was also a blast. At the end of the day, I had logged about an hour or so of in-seat observation. Not quite the 32 hours required to operate the equipment on my own by Rumkey policy, but it's a start. And it was so much fun. I can't wait to go back. Uh, with that, on to you, Liz. Thank you very much, Sarah. It sounded so exciting. Okay. A siren job shadow sounded like a lot of fun. I'm always up for a challenge and I'm always up for trying new things. I immediately thought of shadowing a restaurant owner here, a lovely successful Italian who can't learn and enjoy when food is involved. Running a yacht sounded fun too. However, given around 90% of all businesses are closed right now in Thailand, many of those permanently, especially in tourist destinations like my province of Krabi, finding a job shadow became the biggest challenge itself. Within a week of connecting to the owner of the Italian restaurant, things took a rapid decline here as fourth wave of COVID affected not only businesses, but the general vibe within my province. We've witnessed so many businesses closing on a weekly basis this last 18 months. And back in April, in the third wave, it felt hard enough that we were all back at square one. But this time you could just sense people were scared for their lives as well as business. The land of smiles is unfortunately not so smiley anymore. The Italian restaurant was still opening, yet struggling to get 12 or 14 customers a week. 
let alone the 40 to 50 a night high season would usually bring. And consider that two high seasons have been impacted here already. This was not the time for a job shadow. And my yacht inquiries immediately bounded in the red tape of tests, vaccines and national park closures. In a normal world, my dream shadow would be with a TV interview host of a talk show. Think Oprah or James Corden. The irony is that the weekend just passed, saw the first UK TV interview for Shark Guardian that Brendan did. Maybe the universe misinterpreted my vibes. Delving into this challenge has reminded me how very lucky I am to have a job at all right now, doing what I love and making a difference. Indeed, to be thriving in a world where so many are struggling to survive on a daily basis. And that's over to Jess. Well, thanks, Liz. I'm so glad that you have a job and you're safe after hearing all that. It sounds scary. My job shadow was kind of self-serving. I'm not going to lie. I asked the regional branch manager and our sales and service manager if I could shadow each of them, expecting their schedules to not work out with one or the other, but knowing it would be a great experience either way and knowledge for me and my future endeavors. At the time, I didn't know I would be looking for work for another company, but I figured it would help me if I had to. Well, they both told me yes, and our schedules lined up that I spent a full day with each of them. First was with Balbina, our regional branch manager. She took me to two different branches where I watched her do coaching, speak with all the staff in the branch, which, by the way, she knew every single person's name. I found that very impressive and went over the month's focuses. It was great to watch her compassion and her respect that she had earned with every branch and every person in those branches. Next was with Brittany, our sales and service, service manager. I shouted her for a day while she helped a team member practice for a certification. It's actually a certification that my team will be going through, but we're still working on developing it for my team. And so she partnered with me to help me get, get it going. And a few times um, we've met since my job shadow. So it was a great time and I learned a lot that I hope to take with me to my next job, which I'm sad to say will not be at the same company, um, but will hopefully help me. And right now I actually have an interview on Thursday for another position that I think that this experience will really help me with. Um, by the time this airs, we'll see if it worked out. <laughs> so with that, uh, it is on to Elsie. Thank you. I'm glad this experience is going to possibly help. That's exciting, Jess. Um, so y'all, I don't know what I want to do when I grow up. And after exploring this topic, I think I have a clearer idea. Growing up, I wanted to be a marine biologist. I spent almost two decades in that field. It was an adventure that I would never trade, but towards the end, it didn't fuel my soul anymore. I reached out to three people for job shadows. One was through a contact through a friend, and the goal was to get more insight on the drone videography in the film industry. It's not panned out yet, but I'm still going to pursue talking to him. It is my goal to watch a movie and be able to say that is my drone footage. The two job shadows I did do are complete polar opposites. I shadowed with someone that I had not seen since high school, Kate Albert of Kate Albert Art, and our very own lilac-tailed siren, Audra, with the Ohio Department of Agriculture. Kate is her own boss for a very creative job. Her work is spectacular. 
pictures from her space in the studio will be up on the blog on sirensoapbox.com so you guys can check it out. And for the most part, she creates her own schedule. She has to do all her own networking and be experienced with customer service. Audra works for the government to try and eradicate an invasive species, the Asian longhorn beetle. She has to go where the beetle is. And while she does have an office, most of her time is spent out in the field. You can watch both of my interviews on the blog. Both of these women genuinely love what they do and you can tell by the way that they talk about it. Also, both of their jobs are so important. Kate's art is beautiful and her style connects you with different areas of Cincinnati and it'll take you right down memory lane. Audra's is in wildlife management to protect our native species. Right before interviewing both of these ladies, I had that feeling in my belly that we talked about during the motorcycle episode. You know, the one that most of us chase after that rush of excitement. I'm a lifelong learner. I don't wanna specialize in any one thing. I want to explore different ideas and talk to new people. So when I grow up, I wanna be on Siren Soapbox. So on to TC. I love that. When the sirens first discussed the idea of doing a job shadow for the show, it seemed pretty simple. For this siren and apparently some other sirens, not so simple. I reached out to a total of five people. I heard back from two, but neither of them ever actually committed to a job shadow. I guess maybe it seems odd to have an adult follow you around at work all day. I do know that one of the people I asked shies away from social media in general, so I'm giving her a pass. <clears throat> Why was it so difficult for me at first? I've come to the conclusion that it fell together exactly when it needed to. The first three requests were to people working in a field I've always been interested in, sea turtle rescue and conservation. While I think a day spent with the Sea Turtle Hospital in Marathon, Florida, or the Sandy Point Leatherback Project on St. Croix would have been super fun for me, I don't know that it would have had an impact on the trajectory of my life. However, just a few days ago, I decided that I'm determined to start a magazine for Siren Soapbox. My next requests were sent to people in that field, one to Flamingo Magazine from Florida, and the second to St. Croix this week here on my island home. I cold called Sarah Wall, the managing editor and media consultant from St. Croix this week. Not only did she answer, but she took quite a bit of time out of her busy day to talk with me about magazine work. The sirens are always looking for synchronicities. Susan used to work for Condé Nast in New York. That morning, just before I called her, I subscribed to Condé Nast Traveler magazine. Shut I, up. I swear, I haven't subscribed to a magazine in so long. I can't even remember the last time or which magazine. It's been a long time. Wow. So that was really exciting. Four bits of advice from Susan Wall. One, start small. St. Croix this week started as a tri-fold flyer over 65 years ago. Two, print is not dead. Three, buy magazines and look at the layout and design. So not only did I just subscribe to Condé Nast magazine, I also ordered two magazines called uh, Whalebone, possibly the ninth best magazine in the world, and I'm waiting for their arrival. Study the ones that know what they're doing, and fourth, improve with each issue. I'll end my soapbox with this quote from Susan. Don't be fearful of getting out of that box. Once you're out, that's where all the good stuff happens.
And that's my soapbox. Well, that there's our takeaway for this. Freaking love that <laughs> quote. Yes. <laughs> I love that the wow. ones that seem so simple end up being the most complicated ones. When we first talked about this, I thought it would be so easy, but a lot of us struggled with this one. It was love- really hard for me. I love how we all had a very different experience. Yeah, I Jess, love I love that you you took the opportunity to explore a couple of different areas within your own company. And I may actually take a page out of that book because I've been, I love my job. I'm just not feeling super passionate about the actual work I'm doing for the company. So I might, I might take a page out of your book and look and see what other people are doing. Is it a little shallow that I just really love crushing stuff out on the landfill? No, that's not at all. Gigantic monster beast machine that I was driving. I kind of want to do that. Me too. I think we all do. I wonder what they pay a year. Like I could do that. I'm just sitting here. I'm just sitting here imagining the big oh, just sitting I'm, it. There's something about it, isn't it? Like rolling up pieces of paper when you finish some work and just chucking it away. Just there, there oh, yeah. pictures. I sent in some pictures and you can see this compactor. It just had these huge wheels with these knobs on it that were this big that just would go into the earth and you could just feel it crushing stuff. And even though, like I said, there wasn't a nice boat or a car um, or even the dishwasher that we just replaced yesterday, I'm thinking I need to go back out there and crush that dishwasher that we just replaced yesterday. <laughs> it's yeah, like that just, scene out of Office Space where we're all like beating up the fax machine. Like yes. you take anger doing that. So interestingly, so though, as I was talking to the to to my um, my the, the gentleman that I was um, shadowing. I said, do you know what you're supposed to be doing out here and where you're supposed to be going? And it turns out that there is GPS in each one of these pieces of equipment and they know exactly how tall this pile is supposed to be and uh, where the next pile is supposed to go because it's all very choreographed to make the landfill uh, function properly because it, it has a lot of actual um, benefits to the to the environment and um, they have to be very careful with what they do. So it seemed like it was actually pretty... Uh, pretty complicated but uh, I'm sure I could learn that bit too but I, I really just wanted to drive the heavy stuff right Sarah I'm just impressed that you went and did that because uh Ben has dropped stuff off at Rumpke before and his truck came home smelling terrible so, well like, it's interesting the drive and a wash the uh, the landfill that that we were um working on um is in Butler Kentucky and um the nasty smell there is not from the landfill at all. It's from the um, business next door. So once that was up and running, it was absolutely disgusting. But otherwise, it's just it's just dirt and a little, you know, it's not bad at all. My shoes would tell another story, my work boots, but, but it was all- <laughs> and all the trash juice. Yes. Yeah, that trash was fun. Juice. Oh. Trash juice. Yeah. <laughs> The eye equi- the um, eye protection wasn't mandatory, but when they started uh, throwing out the term trash juice, everybody pulled out their safety glasses pretty quickly. I bet. I did a tour of the recycling center and it's just, it's eye-opening. It, recycling isn't what a lot of people think, but I think everybody should go and, and check out the work that they do. Siren soapbox challenge. Say trash <laughs> juice in context sometime <laughs> in the next week. 
Do you so, think that we should, uh, don't say job shadow, maybe. Is that the lesson we learned from all this? Like maybe, uh, I think it freaked interview? people out. Yeah. Yeah. I think I would have had much more luck if I would have started with, Hey, may I please interview Jenny Slate? <laughs> Dude, that's what I'm going to put together a montage of all my messages to Jenny Slate. <laughs> that's a good idea. That's a great idea. It's kind of ridiculous. That's what I'm expecting to see from you is a montage of all of your messages to Jenny Slate and everyone else. It's going to be me doing a, 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 um, a reading of my messages to Jenny Slate in the tone that I pictured myself speaking them. Oh, maybe I'll get like a crossover episode. A crossover. Yeah. You know, sending messages over and over again to the same person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Dude. It's um, another episode for later in the year. So I'm thinking, Mer, like if we, um, if we evolve into cartoons for Shark Guardian, you know, we have so many educational resources. Maybe it's time we get some little cartoon characters and yes, you could feature. Yeah. Be totally do that. I would love to do that. Oh, I don't know. Probably a happy shark, a, um, yeah. a black tip reef shark, probably because that's my favorite shark because it's the only shark I've ever had any interaction with. Oh, I'm going to that right now. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Reaver sharks are super cute and they're Liz's favorite. Yeah. It's, it's this, it's the seductive female black tip reef shark swimming around the Caribbean <laughs> in her bikini. <laughs> <laughs> I'm adding those notes. Oh, thank and... you. <laughs> Seductive. In a Why bikini. Writing? <laughs> writing about my soapbox ended up being like super emotional because I wrote about it after I had found out that I needed to start looking for another job. But it sounds like Liz's was very emotional. Very difficult. Yeah, I think things took a, a you know, a turn quite quite quickly here but um you know it's been coming I mean we're talking a year and a half of things here but every time you drive into the main town you just notice more things close and it's just dead and, and people come for a visit and they just say god it's a ghost town isn't it um I'm not, not sure how the locals are surviving I really am not and the government plans and initiatives just yeah, they stall, they can't really get focused on what's happening. Um, but what hit me, you know, this thing about it being the land of the smiles and everyone's wearing masks and have, you know, everyone really listens to the laws. So mm-hmm. all the time, you know, I walk along the street and there's a mama with her two little kids, similar ages to my girls, and the little kids are wearing masks. And this is walking along the street near their house, just, you know, out in the in, you know not in the town not near anybody and and you know that you're missing people's actual smiles even the eyes you, you don't see the smile to the eyes properly so that was right. just a wow Thailand is in a bad way I mean I'm grateful for where we're living you know we're in a beautiful place and we're trying to support the locals as much as we can but the reality is it's not in a good place what are you saying on St. Croix Tracy as far as that goes starting to tighten up a little bit more again. Um, I think it's probably somewhat comparable though. 
they did delay the opening of public schools for students. They have to start online. The school I work for, the independent school, we're still going to start face-to-face. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's some fear, but it's not having the same. The impact that we had initially was worse than the impact we're having now. Yeah, I think we're all ready for a little normal. I think somebody I went to work with or that I work with said that she's ready to get back to the real normal, (laughs) not the new normal. Like I'm ready to get back to the real normal. I don't even know what normal is like here. I mean, my first year we had had like a normal. I'm not. My first year we had two hurricanes and then my second year, my Uh, my my boss kind of suddenly quit and then we've had COVID. I I haven't had a normal unless (laughs) abnormal is normal. Maybe that's the, maybe that's the the lesson. Don't get too comfortable. The only constant is the only constant is change. Our motto on my team at work is it's a fluid situation. (laughs) Because <laughs> we heard that so much last year. Now we just say it just like when it's like, oh, yeah, we got to change this. It's just it's a fluid situation. Fluid like trash juice. Ew. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I want to get back to my my Jenny Slate story. I did some digging. So I, I chose Jenny Slate because she is so Bob's Burgers is my favorite cartoon. I freaking love Bob's Burgers. There are, I think, two female voice actors that voice the characters on Bob's Burgers. One of them is Kristen Shaw, and she does Louise. And then there's Jenny Slate, and she does a Tammy. She does a one of the kids, Tammy, and a couple other, you know, characters that aren't regulars. But she also does the voice or used to do the voice of a character named Missy on Big Mouth, which is a um, Nick Kroll and John Mulaney cartoon on Netflix. And Missy is an African-American character. And Jenny Slate is not an African-American girl. And after a few seasons, I don't really know if this happened. Like, I don't know exactly what happened, but she decided that it was odd that a white girl was voicing a black character and she called herself out on the show. I mean, they wrote it in the script. She was like, yeah, it's weird, but I'm a 38 year old white woman voicing the character of a 14 year old black girl. (laughs) And then like two episodes later, there was a black chick voicing Missy. It wasn't Jenny Slate any longer. And I thought that that was a really cool statement. I don't know. I like that. So good for them. Yeah. And she is also one of the main characters on a new animation show, The Great North, which is a really fun show also. I've just Googled who she is because I've got no idea who she is. And and obviously the cartoon you're talking about. What's the cartoon? Uh, My first favorite is Bob's Burgers, but now she's the main character on The Great North, which is a new cartoon. And she does that with Nick Kroll. So I emailed Nick Kroll also. Or no, not not Nick Kroll, Nick Offerman. Nick Offerman is who I emailed and he played in Parks and Rec with Amy Poehler, who also has a cartoon character. So I tried to get a hold of Amy Poehler, who has the same agent as Jenny Slate. Should have just contacted the agent. 
Well, I tried. That was my last message. I was like, well, I guess jokes on me because you represent Amy Poehler too. Well played. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, please save all those. And oh, oh, I have that. (laughs) You know, you just, you got to keep trying. Okay. That's, I had a question and TC kind of already beat me to it. Did anybody have any takeaways or lessons that you want to remember from your experience? Uh, for me with Katie, it was to keep going and to keep trying. So she wasn't always as successful as she was and she had to find um, what she was good at and something that people would relate to. So again, I have to show you guys pictures of her artwork. It's all different places from Cincinnati and um, her style is just beautiful. With Audra, it was looking at things at all angles. She was talking about trees and looking for evidence of the Asian longhorn beetle and how things from one side might not always be as they seem from another angle. So I thought that was very applicable for life too. So did anybody else have any good life takeaways other than smashing stuff? <laughs> no, I feel like my, my life takeaways are perhaps a little shallow, but it was just so awesome to feel powerful driving that, that monster beast and crushing stuff. And, you know, don't, uh, don't discount the, the, the thrill that there is in feeling powerful. Cause I felt pretty powerful up there. Sarah likes the Hulk smash. Nice. That's right. My, my takeaways. I mean, I, I've practiced gratitude on a whole new level over the last year and a half anyway probably a year and you know it just makes me grateful for every day where we're living given the the circumstances that are around me and and the fear and you know just seeing the kids here that haven't been in school for a year and a half or maybe have been in for a couple of days um you know and and it's very different with Thai parents here you know we we do the homeschool and give the kids that you know exciting things to do um Thai kids are just hanging around with their families and, and you know and that's a long long time it's hard for the parents um my other thing is just about you know never giving up like you know I'm lucky that we threw ourselves into shark garden you have a passion follow it you can go to it and you can do it at any age the online business that I do you know there was some talks last night and there was people that were 50 plus that have made really lucrative businesses because they've just jumped in gone in and just stuck with it so anyone and it's beautiful to hear you um with all these different jobs yeah you can change things at absolutely any age you just got to believe in it and stick stick at it yeah that was something i wanted to bring up from your soapbox more about how you're like your midlife and you it's scary scary but you know any anywhere i start if i start over i'm gonna be at entry level and i think about that salary compared to my salary. <laughs> I'm not entry level, you know? So it, it's a, that's part of minimalizing though. Right. So I think that that's, again, it's all just connected. I did that change. You know, yeah. I went from a, from a well above average salary to a well below average salary to move to this Island. And I have no regrets. Right. My takeaway from this, um, you know, I, I love that she said, don't be fearful of getting out of that box once you're out. That's where all the good stuff happens. But the other thing that I love that she said, I asked her if she went to school because she worked for Condé Nast. She worked for Glamour. She started out at Teen Magazine. 
And so I said, you know, did, did you go to school for this? What was your degree? No, she didn't go to school. She learned, she learned while she did. So she said, learn by doing. That was the other big takeaway from her is learn by doing. And I'm like, yes. <laughs> yeah. And it did remind me of Siren Soapbox. You know, we, we completely learned by doing. We, it, was, it was ready, fire, aim. But I think it still is sometimes. There's something to be said for that. There's definitely something to be said. If you wait until you're, until you feel ready, you probably won't accomplish anything in life. You just got to do it sometimes. Yeah, we do that a lot. We're doing that tonight. (laughs) I've heard if you're not embarrassed by your first product, then you waited too long. I like that. And, uh, I mean, I'm not embarrassed by our first em- podcast, but we've but gotten we've so come much a, better. Yeah, we've come a long way. Yeah. Yes. Okay. I hear you say you're not embarrassed, but I got to admit that I tell people start at the end and work your way back. I think I always recommend people don't start with episode one. <laughs> <laughs> and I agree with that. We didn't really find our footing in what exactly we were trying to do. Yeah. But then people, if they do listen to the start, then they see how far you've come. So that people like to see evolution and change. So then it's even better. Liz, we just had that very conversation. Like we tossed around the idea. Should, should we get rid of some of those really early episodes? And then I think about the people who want to know where we started from. Nah, we shouldn't. But I think Mm -hmm. Elsie came up with a pretty good solution for that. So, Yeah. Stay tuned. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I'm just really excited about all of the the things that we're doing with the soapbox. Again, I think it's given me a place to to put my voice publicly. And I and I've always had a strange like desire to do that. What I and Liz, this you did, oh sorry. <laughs> Go ahead. Liz, you wanted to do something with TV too, didn't you? Oh, I'd love, I just, I love all those, those, um, you know, the talk shows, chat shows. I love chatting to people, you know, I have a Facebook group and I do um, monthly interviews with inspiring women um, because, you know, there's so much good going on in the world. And if I can provide an extra platform for people to share stuff, then, then awesome. Um, so yeah, I like chatting and Shark Guardian. Yeah, I do the, we do have a feature called an Eco Artist. We do that once a month and we've just started Women in Science. That was my thing I wanted to, to happen. Um, there's so much good in the world. You've just got to sometimes just be that catalyst to get it happening, haven't you? And get it out there as you guys, you lovely ladies have done with Siren Soapbox. You know, (laughs) you bring in so many awesome people together. That's why I love you so much. Oh, thank you. We love you too. Yay. (laughs) I think this episode was fun because uh, I feel like a lot of the time we are very similar but I love that the people we went after to job shadow were totally different. We, we really went on all different directions with this. Yeah. And I think that's a lot of fun. I love that. I just hope someday when I'm working with Nick Offerman and Amy Poehler and Jenny Slate that they'll laugh <laughs> about the time I was stalking them trying to get a job shadow. <laughs> Did you start your uh, email with Dear Celebrity? <laughs> <laughs> No, no, I did not. (laughs) 
know, the weird thing is I, I found this, I, I found Jenny Slate's website, like kind of buried in a Google search. And there was a phone number. It said contact and they're contact me. There's a phone number. So I called it one night and somebody answered. And I was like, I'm looking for Jenny Slate. <laughs> <laughs> The response was, you can send an email to blah, 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 blah for bookings. I was like, okay, thanks. But that's how I got an email address. I did a cold call and I'm not really comfortable with that. In fact, it was hard. I prefer text messages over phone calls to anyone, even people I know. But um, yeah, so I did a cold call and she answered and that was the one that actually worked. I probably should have started that way. Yeah, that's you know, hindsight. I think if we ever do this episode again, I will just make phone calls. I'm just like going to call the the news anchor that I wanted to hang out with and talk to them about what it's like being a news anchor. I don't know. I thought that was so weird. They don't allow job shadows. Yeah, I was like, you know what? If I was fucking 16 years old in high school, you'd let me come in. You just think I'm a weirdo because <laughs> I'm asking as an adult. That's what I wanted to say, but I didn't. Were they really gonna steal information? I know. Like, so I wanted to be like, I will like do a background check, whatever will make you feel comfortable to let me in your building. But then at that point, it's like, why? Like, I don't want them to feel like. I don't know that the censor took over and was like, just stop being desperate. You know, they said, no, move on. It shouldn't be awkward though, for somebody at any age to explore something new. Like why? It's only closed minds. I'm sure that this news station doesn't have it in their policy manual that they don't allow job shadows. Like, here's my question. Anyone here, like everybody answer this question. Would any of you either not respond or say no to a request for a job shadow? Because I'd be like, yeah, come on, let's hang out for a day. Well, even at the hospital, you know, you talk about how if you were 16, it would be easier we have all kinds of programs at the hospital for high school kids. There's a whole program for high school kids to come in and, and um, basically do a job shadow in the operating room and they can follow a doctor around and they can watch surgeries and they get um, permission to go all over the place. But I can tell you, if you just called randomly and said, Hey, can I come and job shadow? It would be jumping through hoops and red tape to get you into the hospital. And this is not, even taking COVID into consideration, you know, it's, it's just, there's so many, um, so many rules. things standing in the way. Yeah. Rules, damn rules, all the rules, you know, 32 hours, 32 hours of in-seat observation. They wanted me to do before they would let me just go off by myself on the landfill. I was so ready. Bullshit so is ready. what that is. Yes. But I'm in a similar situation. I work for a large bank and there's no way that my that I would be allowed to bring somebody in and let them watch what I do. I could probably sit down with somebody and have an interview though about what it's like to do my job. I yeah. had a few job shadows when I was a dive safety officer. Um, most cool. of them were were teenagers, but there was the occasional adult, and you know they had to ha- go through the check in and wear a tag and it was kind of awkward entertaining somebody while I'm trying to do my job but 
you know, I loved it. I loved any chance I had to talk about what I got to do and that they wanted to watch what I'm doing. That should be more normalized. I mean, you should be able to try on something before you just jump into a career that you're going to be spending 40 hours a week at plus. Yeah. I, I mean, if we, got I mean email, if we got any emails about it, we would like we answer every single email that we get, even if it's inappropriate, even if it's just like, oh, my goodness, you know, we always make time for it because we just you're just nice people. And it's just part of like a customer service, isn't right. it, really? Mm-hmm. It's really it's on about the bank thing. I, I just only just remembered this. So when I was um, a teenager and we had to select at school what uh, work experience we wanted to do, this is before we were going to like take our GCSEs, you know, at an end of um, high school age, I think this is equivalent for you guys. Um, and I wanted to do graphic design. I was very clear about that because I was quite arty at that point. Um, I didn't get the graphic design. The three boys in our class who were not so committed got the graphic design and had such a whale of a time and um, I got put in a bank um which was interesting and I remember you know doing stuff with checks and you know helping with the money I'm, I'm sure the stuff that I was involved in would, would not be allowed for like a 14 year old girl these days right. <laughs> be there with my phone you know taking videos and Instagramming with like a wad of cash. Well, you say about the hospital. So again, my profession is physiotherapy. Um, so before I applied for university for physiotherapy, and I didn't have much idea. Again, this is you know bringing up things about how I decided on careers. I didn't really have much idea of career. I just loved sport, and I'd been to quite a lot of physios for ankle injuries. Um, and it was suggested to try and get into university to study physio, which is physical therapy for you guys over the pond, um, to have some work shadowing. And I contacted quite a few hospitals and one did get me in. It was like an afternoon a week for like six weeks or something, um, seeing what, what they do, which was, you know, so beneficial to get an insight into the job, you know, either love it. That could be a turning point. You know, I decided I didn't want to work in a bank, but this helped me to go into the world of physiotherapy. Yeah. Did any of you do any sort of job shadowing in high school? Uh, I didn't do it in high school, but I did it when I was working on my degree. Um, I'm in education and I started off in elementary education. And in one of the very first education courses I took, you had to basically job shadow for a week. And I was job shadowing a fifth grade teacher and I could not speed away from there fast enough which is why I switched to high school education, which I enjoyed a lot more. So I don't know if other, if other places do that, but I was really glad that I got the job shadow when I, when I first started my degree. It helped me make that change. I was lucky enough. Um, my mom was a labor and delivery nurse. And mm. so even before I was in medical school, and, you know, this was back in the olden days where you could, you know, smoke at the nursing station. So um, I she just got me in and I hung out with her at the in, in labor and delivery and got to go in and actually um, get all scrubbed up for a, a C-section. And, you know, this was before I even knew anything about medicine. And um, that was that was pretty exciting. But again, that was back in the olden days when you could do that kind of thing. But that was did you, that, that really did. You, did you smoke at the nursing station, Sarah? No, I hated it back then too. <laughs> okay, all right. I did a um, 
same as Tracy. I actually like for, for a hot minute in college, I was double majoring in education and marine science and um, they had us go shadow in a school. And I was glad that they did it early because I did it for a semester. We did one day a week at this school and I decided that education was not for me. I did not enjoy creating lesson plans or the paperwork involved with it. And so it didn't really matter the age of the kids. It wasn't the kids. I did not like the paperwork. So it was it's funny. I yeah. And if you're, it. yeah, you're not going to be a teacher if you don't enjoy that because you spend a lot of the time you're not getting paid doing paperwork. <laughs> so I don't remember if I had job shadow opportunities available to me. I probably did, but uh, long ago and far away, I was really, really shy and I wouldn't get out of my comfort zone at all ever. So I yeah. probably just didn't take that opportunity up and that's probably why it took me 17 years to get my bachelor's degree, <laughs> but, uh, I wouldn't have changed what I've done. I mean, I was happy yeah. with the career I had for a while. And now I just got to find something else. Same. I've never been miserable in a career. It's just not, I, I don't feel like it's been my calling, I guess. So I'm having a hard time picturing a shy LC. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it, oh it, it I'm not, I can see it. She was pretty shy when we met. I think the aquarium kind of busted her out of that that shell. But yeah, now she's the one saying, come do this. When we first met, it was, come do this with me, Elsie. <laughs> well, I think this is going to wrap up this week's episode. Next week, we're going to be exploring the fun habit. And we want you, our fellow explorers, to visit our website, sirensoapbox.com. There will be some links to what you're going to do. The sirens are going to take the fun type quiz, and then we're going to put our play model into action. And that's what we are hoping that you'll do along with us. Our challenge for this week's episode is to reach out to someone who has your dream job and talk to that person about what he or she loves and maybe what he or she would change. And then tell us all about it. Hashtag using the hashtag siren soapbox on all the social medias. Thank you so much, Liz, for joining us in Thailand and Sara, thank you for staying up later than you like to, to do this <laughs> recording. Thank you, Jess, Elsie, TC, and until next time, dive in, stay curious, be happy. <laughs> Yay! Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Siren Soapbox. And a special thank you to C-Strings for providing our music. Snag their latest EP from iTunes today. Follow the sirens on all the social medias and don't forget to tell your friends about us. Like and subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. We'll catch you next time on another episode of Siren Soapbox.